0: We talking i'll just it. keep going uh welcome to welcome to this week's episode of, of you can't be serious um i am i am half of your i guess one third today of your of your podcast hosting hosting trio uh, we've got skylar Brastwick in the house he's, he's been on the show i guess once before twice before
1: uh just this one just once
0: just the once just the once and then we've got our our, our uh, my reliable, trusty
2: co-host
0: of, of always of every episode, Matt, also here. How's
2: everybody doing? Uh,
0: and if you might, if you're saying to yourself, "Hey, uh, why is this episode coming out Friday afternoon slash evening?" Uh, it's because we didn't record Thursday. It is Friday. Um, we had scheduling problems. And we didn't care about releasing our episode on time because this is our fucking show. Um, but it worked out well because the new Volt track released today. Recording this on October twenty third, so we know what the track is, and we figured as long as we are going to, as long as we're all together, and we know what the track is, why wait till next week? Let's just chat about it now before we get into a little conversation about bases featuring our bases. So uh, you guys hear it, you guys you guys listen to it.
3: We
2: should've just lied to the people and told them that that's why we were we're recording today.
0: Oh, do we delay the the show for the whole track?
2: Yeah. Should we go back and redo the intro? <laughs> I don't
0: I don't think so. I think we should let it stand
2: um, yeah, dude. my my first thoughts on the song were it was really good. Like it was totally not <laughs> totally not what I thought it was going to be. I was ex- very much expecting, like, just two and a half minutes of of super fast funk and like just crazy to the nth degree kind of. And it was absolutely not that vibe at all. Um, it honestly reminded me a little bit of, uh, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the band The Deer Hunter. But that was the vibe that I got. Uh, just like very orchestral, like big soundscapes. Like, um and and from what i understand like the real strings right they're not since they're real strings on the on the track yeah 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 what did you what did you guys think sky you 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 uh,
0: listened to it most recently
1: yeah i i actually just listened to it right before we started this and uh yeah i i'm in agreement with matt like i kind of thought that this was going to be like somebody who was a bassist or like oh a oh, wannabe funk band that just comes out and just rips something like amazing. Um, and yeah, I was surprised to hear that this band was uh so much different than Wolfpack's normal genre. Um, if you can even classify them into one singular genre, but uh, I got very much of like a Tom York vocal style uh, on this, and kind of like Matt said. Uh, I don't listen to Deer Hunter as much as you do. But um, also kind of reminded me of some other bands that I like to listen to for some of their, like, lower, slower, softer songs, like uh, Between the Buried and Meat has this very similar vibe to it that I, uh, I, I really like the song. I, I would definitely go and listen to this band again. Uh, I'm, kind of put them on the map for me. What about you, Josh? First thoughts? Uh,
0: not a fan. Nah, I don't dislike it. It's just not my jam, I guess. Um, I, first, I get, to echo some of the things that you you, you fine folks have said, um, it was not what I was... And th- now, Matt and I talked about this earlier today. We were on the, the phone just chit-chatting about it. And it's like, there was no reason for me to expect it to be a funk song or any of us do it for it to be a funk song It very well. We were joking about it being like a pizza hut advertisement. Like it literally could have <laughs> been anything, you know? So there was, there was no reason for me to think like, Oh yeah, it's going to get snatched up by like Fat night or somebody. And they're going to just listen to a two and a half minute long, cool, funky jam. that's going to close out the record and just hear someone singing. That's not Theo or whomever. Um, and it was this, so that was jarring at first. And I don't dislike it. Like, I don't think this is a bad song. It's just not my It's just not my jam, man. Um, I don't know. I, I've only listened to it, like, twice, though. So I guess, you know, I ha- I'm, I'm getting a copy of the vinyl eventually, whenever that shit ships out. So I guess I'll have plenty of plays of it ahead of me for me to make a more informed opinion on it. But I don't think, I'll put it this way. This is not a bad song. And that is, I think, one of the things a lot of people were, con- like, if it was an advertisement, you would go, all right, that's just hilarious. Um, and if it was a good song, you'd go, all right, this is a great song. If it was a bad song, you'd be like, oh, my God, I got to take the needle off this fucking thing before it goes too far. Like, I've, I've got I've to gotta somehow remove the I've got to make a playlist of the record and remove the one song. But it's not that. You know what I mean? This is not going to inconvenience anybody. This is not a bad
2: song. But you don't like it. That's what I'm, thats what I'm hearing, is that you don't like it. Like, you wouldn't willingly put that song on.
0: I wouldn't willingly listen to this band. Really? Yeah, I, I think th- so, this band has how many records?
2: A bunch, right, I guess? I don't know. Sky, you, you, uh, looked, at, you looked them up, right? Or- yeah,
1: hold on, let me look it up real quick.
2: Um, that's weird. Cause like I, I'm in the total opposite side of this. I very much so want to hear more of this band. I, and like, which I guess is kind of their whole was their was I'm assuming was their whole idea in purchasing the spot on the album was, Hey, we'll be able to get our name out there to, you know, maybe a different, maybe a different crowd of people, um, and be able to kind of expose ourselves to a wider audience and maybe we'll grow our, our fan base. Um, and so, in that respect, they have succeeded with me in at least getting me interested in them, and I'm going to go check them out at least. Um,
1: it looks like I got, think it, it looks like they have two albums. By the way, they have well one distress signals that was released in 2019, which is a full length album, and bang ups and hang ups in 2012, which is an EP.
2: Okay, so they have a a, a fair amount of material, not a ton of material. Um, but to me, I think that most the really interesting thing is that this band like we've all kind of said it in a roundabout way, doesn't sound like Wolfpack, you know, in any way, shape or form. Um, but they obviously thought that Wolfpack's fans and like Wolfpack's audience, the audience that Wolfpack already has would appreciate this music or would like them. And to, that had to play into their decision in to some
1: degree. Right. So otherwise kind of, that's what surprises me here because it's, 70k for this spot on this album which is a lot of money plus and, tax and i don't know what how big Wolfpec's fan base is it's obviously fairly large but is it big enough to spend 70k for one spot just to get your name known to somebody who might not like because right now we have two out of three people on this podcast who liked it mm-hmm. um it's, is it is that worth it so that, that brings about a
0: question that Matt and I have talked about previously. And just as a, in, term, in terms of um, addressing one of your questions, guy, is both Peck's fan base big enough? On Twitter, they have 48,000 followers. And on Instagram, they have 360,000 followers. So
1: That's not that money. Not for 70K. It,
0: it depends, I guess. Um, anyway. One of I mean, the there, are like, there, are like I...
2: TikTok, there are, like, TikTok people that have that many followers, like, you know what I mean, like, if, look up how many, like, the Red Hot Chili Peppers have on Twitter or whatever. I'm sure it's millions.
0: Uh, I well, certainly can. Um, well, Anyway, while, while I'm doing that, one of the questions Matt and I had had was, is this going to be purchased by a band or by a label? And I did a little bit, and at the outset, Red Hot Chili Peppers have two point six million million uh, followers on Twitter. Um, yeah, I while I was I was doing some digging on the, the band, they are represented by a group called Noisy Ghost PR, um, and it looks like this is this is a record label. So I'm wondering if um, I'm learning who who placed the order for the song Earthquake Light Light. Happening? earthquake lights earthquake lights
2: earthquake lights yeah
0: or noisy ghost because uh-huh. and i'm coming through noisy ghosts like releases i only know one of them so far um a band called bad bad hats uh but i don't know anything else so if this was strictly for earthquake lights it's like all right maybe it'll pay off who knows if this was from noisy ghost and then they chose earthquake lights being like, this is the best thing we have that's releasing very soon. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it might make more sense because it might attract more indie artists looking for indie representation. And Mm -hmm. that would fit both fan base more, I think, but
2: that's pure speculation. That makes a little bit more sense though. If you look at it from like, a label perspective, um, but because, like, I, I mean, my my thinking is like, if let's just say, I don't know, some small indie like deathcore band bought the slot, right, and put and thought like, oh, we're gonna get all this exposure. Let's like, whatever. Is that the exposure they're looking for? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, is showing your music to Wolfpacks fans really? going to catapult you to the next level or is that not your market now i'm not saying that wolfpack isn't the same market as what earthquake lights right um yeah but to me i i feel like they're they're not a perfect fit right there's definitely some people who listen to wolfpack who do not like this guy who do not like this song yourself included um and there's definitely people who you know, like the, that kind of music who aren't fans of Wolfpack. Um, and so I just think it's interesting if, if it was the label's choice of Hey, this is kind of, this is what we want to put on there. Um, you know, why, why it is so, so, so different sounding, you know, or maybe that was a, uh, you know, an intentional choice. I, I don't know. Maybe they were trying to, to stand out from, from the rest of the album. I, I, I don't know. i I wasn't in the room when they made the decision.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's one of the, it's going to be a great what if situation. Not that there's any stakes behind this. It doesn't really matter, but just from pure curiosity, because it's like, like, did Noisy Ghost place the order and then go to Earthquake Lights and be like, you guys are going to be on the new Wolfpack record. And they were like, all right. Um, Mm -hmm. Or did um, Earthquake Lights go to Noisy Ghost and be like, hey, this seems like a great opportunity. Can we have $70,000?
2: Yeah. Well, so I think what'll be interesting now is if watching like over the next couple of months or like the rest of the year, if like Earthquake Lights has like a significant spike in like how many followers do they have on on Spotify right now or um, Sky, do you have them up? Do you have their page up? I can get it up. Um everyone take an app. You know what I mean? It'll be interesting to see like how they like, if, by Christmas, do they, like, double their followers, or?
0: As it stands right to... now, Earthquake Lights on Twitter has 1,900 followers.
1: Uh, yeah, that's not a lot. And
0: they've had this Twitter account since 2011.
1: On Instagram, mm-hmm. they have 4,300 followers.
2: So, on Spotify, they have 14,000 monthly listeners, and their top-played song, uh, Quarters to Midnight, was played um or i'm sorry their top played song was choke em up played three hundred eighty-five thousand times okay so so like it's not um you know they're they're not a a, a no-name nobody they you know they have released things and people are aware of them um but i'm going to you know what i'm going to start following them they gained a follower today and uh i think it'll be interesting to check back and see what this does um, if it has any effect at all, you know what I mean? Or if, or if it was just like a cool thing that they did. True.
0: Um, and by the way, if you, another indication we can have of them is if you Google earthquake lights right now, it takes one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine links to get to an earthquake lights band themed link. And it's to their Facebook page. But they are but they are on page one of the google search results okay. so okay
2: okay well so
0: if they can climb the google search results ranking board that that also is telling
2: yeah what did we so if once you know earthquake lights the top result is the band and no longer the natural phenomena then we'll know that they have officially made it right as um
1: <laughs> as a band yeah, but that's another problem though. Do you think they'll ever like overcome the natural phenomena of earthquake lights? Like, don't get me wrong, I think it's a cool name, but as far as I don't Google, know, man. Google searchability. Uh that's that's I a don't tough know, Skylar.
0: Point. When you when you when you look up Red Holly Peppers on, on Google, do you do you get habaneros or do you get the band?
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's true.
2: Right? and i'm yeah, sure there was right. a time back in you know 1982 <laughs> if you went on google in 1982 and you know went on the internet and searched you probably got results for habanero peppers.
3: There yeah yeah
0: totally yeah, right. yeah right. you hopped on your your old commodore 64
2: yep yeah yeah
0: and punched in all the right commands the government yeah, would like, tell you all like about 15
2: years before google was invented if you went and googled yeah i'm sure that was a thing um I can't think of any other bands. I'm sure there are. I'm just drawing a blank on it now. But there I'm are definitely like,
0: other bands, yes.
2: That are named right after things that are that are things. <laughs> um, the Doors.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that's not what you Google search for. Doors.
0: <laughs> Maybe you need doors, real fake doors.
2: I don't know. I'm bet. I bet if you search for just doors, you'd probably get. Doors, not the band. Electric first. light orchestra? Now that's a little too specific, I think. What about like uh like rush? If you just search for rush, what do you get?
0: All right, I can tell you, I've got a Google machine right in front of me. Um, I got rush.com, man. It's the band, the first
2: three links of the band. There you go, man. And like so, I mean, rush is it's not even a noun, it's a it's a, a verb. It a verb. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um i and guess I searched,
0: yes i got i got the band too but i think that might just be google knowing who i am as a person
2: yeah so oh you got to clear your cookies yeah you got to clear your cookies and then try all this so
0: i don't want to do that that sounds like a lot of work for this yeah. show
2: hey if any of you out there listening want to kill an afternoon
3: clear
2: yeah clear, <laughs> clear out your internet history for anyone who who needs that reminder um And then just try searching random uh, random bands and seeing uh, if they're the first result or not. Uh, You'll have fun for like five or seven minutes or so. Um.
0: Meatloaf. What do you think we get when we search meatloaf? Uh, Now this is all I can think about. It's
2: got to be the. It's got to be the guy. It's got to be the guy, right? Oh, it's the food. Really? Yeah, it's the food. (laughs) Really? It's the food, man. It's the. What about? What about Boston? What about Boston?
0: Oh, it's got. Oh, you're gonna get the city. You're gonna get. Don't even. Yeah.
1: Hey, but they overcame. They
3: overcame yeah, it's all—it's all, all
0: just the city, man.
1: It's that makes sense. City. That makes sense.
0: Anyway, uh, does 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 the knowing what track ten is now does it affect your opinion of the album now that it went from being that goofy mystery to being an actual song
2: with a name and, and notes? Not really. I um, I i had always kind i was always kind of looking at it like well it's a nine song album and they're doing this funky little thing at the end um and so like to me it's the same album it doesn't change the album for me it is kind of satisfying and kind of cool to know you know the outcome of track 10 um but like it it doesn't change my opinion of the album as a whole or or you know the previous nine songs
1: i feel like if i'm listening to this album i'm listening to the first nine songs and like not as a complete album because i know that the 10th is going to be not full of peck
0: Uh, i really can't wait for this episode of vh1 behind the music it's going to be a real interesting one
2: you think you think uh you think this is vh1 behind the music worthy
0: well, I mean, I'm not sure if VH one is gonna exist in like ten years when they would get around <laughs> to this, but if, if it if it does, man, this is worth it. If any of the executives at, at you know if one of the three people who still work at VH one is listening to this, you should do this.
2: I'm sure they're big podcast people, so maybe maybe they are listening.
0: I'm sure they're trying to find the next big thing eleven years too late and are looking at podcasts. But anyway. Uh, so, shall we move on, or do we have more things to say?
2: That, that's all my thoughts on track 10. I, uh... Unless there's any closing thoughts. Skylar, anything rumbling
0: around in your brain right now?
2: That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Skylar's like,
0: nope, it is empty. <laughs> uh, all right. Then, we all have uh, we all have bass guitars in our hand. For anybody who doesn't know what that is, it's like a guitar, but bigger and with fewer strings and those strings are also bigger. Um, so we figured we would, we, we talked about, Matt and I talked about guitar and our, I guess like relationship interaction with it the other day. And we thought it'd be a fun thing to do with bass guitar. All three of the people sitting here, Matt, myself and Skylar, are all guitarists first, who have kind of sort of gotten into bass in different levels and in different avenues um, After having taken up the guitar. So we figured it'd be a fun subject to see how we are interacting with this secondary stringed instrument that in some ways has a very guitar feel and in some ways doesn't. So, (laughs) and that's Sky. So Sky, since you're already noodling Um around uh why I don't you tell
2: off? well <laughs> <hold> on, josh <laughs> can i take the first question here because i you 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 kind of stepped on my toes a little bit in your little introduction there but that's okay it'll be a good good smooth transition
0: go
3: right um, ahead Matt.
2: i so you you pointed out that we we're off guitarists first bassist second do like just go around do you consider yourself a bassist or are you a guitarist who owns a bass
0: Oh, I, I am a guitarist who owns a bass. I I really enjoy the difference in tone that the bass brings to me, but I certainly do not approach it like a bassist would. I approach it the way a guitarist would who like found a pedal that's gonna make his guitar sound lower. Um, mm-hmm. I don't I don't interact with it like a bass.
2: What about you, Sky? Do you consider yourself a bassist or do you consider yourself a guitar player who owns a
1: bass? I think I always consider myself a, a guitarist first. Um, I definitely still think, yeah, I, st- I still think I'm a, I'm a guitarist who plays a bass or is trying to play a bass, but hmm. uh, I'm doing my best to put my mindset in a bassist. Um, since I was playing in a band that kind of put me in the position of having to pick up the bass, um, I, I did play the role of a bassist, although I was kind of just like a guitarist disguised as a bassist.
2: Right. And so like, I, I think it's interesting. Cause I also feel a similar way. I, I, I feel very much a, like I'm a guitar player pretending to be a bassist when I, when I play the bass. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Scott, you have probably the most experience like playing the bass in a, in a band context, because like you said, you were in a band that kind of required you to play the bass a lot um right but like i for a long time i i didn't really understand the difference in like oh it's just a big guitar like it's the same it's just it's just bigger um but it really is like a a totally different like mindset you have to put yourself in like can you talk to that at all or
1: yeah it it, playing so i i'm gonna preface this with like exactly what happened how i got into bass because it kind of contributes to like the development of how I've learned this instrument um, I was playing in the band at the time uh, and we had two guitar players a bassist and a drummer and our bass player wound up moving to Arizona and we had shows that we wanted to play and things we wanted to do so I had a bass laying around that I, I tried learning in the past and just never really did and picked it up I'm like well I guess I'm gonna learn to play bass now and initially You you try to mimic things that you hear bass players do. You just follow along Mm -hmm. with the chord progression of the song. Um, But it really wasn't until I realized how music is layered to be playing with a band that I really started to get the appreciation of how to play a bass and um, what the bass actually contributes to a full band. And um, and, and especially because the bass is like the perfect combination between a percussion instrument and a melodic instrument um Mm -hmm. and that you when you play bass you're playing with the drums and you are driving the rhythm and you're really you're driving the whole song uh whereas the guitar is kind of like the icing on the cake and that just kind of like polishes everything off the bass needs to be looked at as what's what's the substance what's holding everything together um so like for the metaphor, continue the metaphor the, the drums are like the plate that everything sits on and the bass is all that substance and all that cakey material in between the guitar is just all mm-hmm. the icing on top and I, I got a lot of joy in realizing that and finding out that you know what like bass is like a really cool instrument I really 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 want to dive into this and and learn more about this instrument and it made okay. me kind of look at music in general in a, in a completely different way
2: for anyone who who is unaware of how important bass is in music, just like look up your favorite songs, go on the internet, and look up some like copies of, like your favorite songs without the bass part, with like the bass line removed, and just hear how thin and how like it just there's just such a huge part of the song missing that you might not have ever noticed was there. Josh, I, are you about to say something?
0: Uh, no, but I can now. Um, <laughs> I would like to say though there is a difference between being a bassist the way that Ringo Starr is a drummer um, and being a (laughs) a bassist in the way that, like, Chris Squire is a bassist. You know what I mean? Like, if you put me in a band that had, like, two other guitar players who were better than me, and they were like, all right, Josh, you can be here, but you got to play the bass, I'd be like, okay. And I'd probably be able to, like, thumb my way through some songs Mm -hmm. um, in a very, like, Cliff Williams way. But if I wouldn't, and I would be like on on the 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 credits to the to the album, I would be listed as bassist Josh Tracy. Would you consider that man a bassist? Like, would I consider myself a bassist? Personally, no. But by profession, yes.
2: Well, so that's the that's the you know I think in that case, I in that context, I think you. You played bass on the album, right? I don't know that that makes you a bassist. You know what I mean? But
0: like, is Ringo Starr a drummer,
2: or is Ringo Starr a guy who plays the drums?
0: No, I'm asking you: Is Ringo Starr a drummer?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think he is for sure. Ringo Starr is a drummer. I mean, you also got to keep it into context that Ringo Starr was brought up in a time where, like, drummers aren't all known as how we know drummers now. Yes, there's a lot of crazy dra- jazz drummers. Who Coming up at that time, and really the the type of drummer that the Beatles need, mm-hmm. or there was like so. It, this also kind of ties back into what what a bass player is. Is it's not you don't always have to be the very doing. It's just you need to play play or how many you know beats per minute you could play on the drums. It's did you pick the right notes and did you play the right thing for the part. And that's what makes a good musician a good musician, is that no, it's a, a know how. Yeah, and, and I, I, think I think Ringo absolutely has that, and I think for that reason, I think he's
3: yeah. He, yeah, he is and lover.
2: I and I think that right there may, is part of why it's much more difficult to talk about great bass players than it is to talk about like great guitarists, um, because you know, and this sounds like a knock on guitar, but guitar the way we measure like a guitar proficiency is a little bit more one dimensional. Right. Um, whereas with bass playing, um, you know, simply being like a virtuoso of your instrument doesn't necessarily make you the best person, right. Or the best, you know, fit for uh, a group or for a song or, or whatever. Um, and that, that ability to, play to the music right and play to the song and kind of have that relationship where you 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 are the uh, the glue that holds it all together um is a different skill that isn't necessarily captured in just straight up i can play the fastest i can you know do the craziest tricks on uh on the on the fretboard whereas with guitar i think because it plays the more uh as Skyler said, it's the icing on the on you know the top of the cake. Um, a guitar player can be just flashy um, and kind of have his guitar playing stand on its own, like you know, with only that flash, without you know ever having that skill of you know being able to
1: play in a reserved way. To play a little bit of devil's advocate here, uh, you really see that in the case of Van Halen and uh I forget I forget the bassist name of Van Halen but rumor has Michael Anthony didn't even know how to play bass yeah (laughs) and uh, uh Eddie Van Halen supposedly played the bass parts or wrote the bass parts and just said hey here's a bass play this so like when you listen to a band like Van Halen are you like if you remove that bass part did you really miss anything You know what though that's the thing
2: is i think you would i think as simple as you know and like i think running with the devil is like the 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 prime example of this i think it's all just root notes for the bass but um if you took that out of the song if you looked up running with the devil without the bass um it wouldn't feel like a full song. I mean, it would be cool. It would probably be a lot cooler than running with the devil without the guitar, I'll be honest. But, like, it would still feel like there's a big part missing. Um, you know, and... Like, while Michael Anthony obviously isn't the most technical bass player, um, he checked that box and achieved that goal of, like, well, you know, holding together the drums and the guitar and kind of being that glue that allowed... Eddie Van Halen to do all his crazy, you know, tricks and flips and whatever on top of this solid base that they had, you know, built. Mm -hmm. And in that same respect, if you had, let's say, you know, a uh, like a Jocko Pistorius or whatever playing on Van Halen one, that would have gotten in the way of Eddie Van Halen. That would have, that would have, it wouldn't have allowed room for, uh, know van halen's guitar to to really shine on top and when i say you know jocko i i mean like a bass player just doing you know crazy virtuosic things right. um, not necessarily him in particular but
0: uh i don't i don't know if i agree with that because and i'm gonna deviate back to to the band yes because this mm-hmm. chris squire is one of the guys i always think of when i think of great bass players he's such a fun bass mm-hmm. player to listen to Chris Squire and Steve Howe are considered like two of the best dudes at their instrument and both had lots of flash while also leaving room to the, for the other one to do what they had to do, you know, to, to give them spotlight. And I would never, and granted, yes, songs are very long. Um, so there's plenty of room even in the you know recorded version for them to have the, just the, just the time to, to get to both of them. Um, even in just the underpinnings of what, was happening when the other one was taking their turn in the forefront of the song, you still can hear how much is being done outside of just being a continuous thud that follows along with the key that we're in. You know? Like, listening... I, that's why I bring up Cliff Williams, because I listened to a lot of ACDS growing up, and, and Cliff Williams is a terrible bassist. <laughs> he, he's so bad! I mean, it, it's like just or whatever the fucking notes are but it's just like hey whatever angus you playing an a all right i got it all
3: right
1: right. we playing a d
3: all
1: right i got it i don't yeah i see what you're saying i get the point you're trying to make i don't i don't necessarily think that that makes him a bad bassist in any respect i mean this is also a very very eddie van halen type of scenario where you have monsters of sound like angus young is
0: is a bassist job more than being a metronome in a in a key, because I understand so... that there is a tie that the bass brings between the percussive element of drums and the melodic element of guitar. But if we're differentiating what makes a good bassist versus literally just a man who is holding the bass and can kind of keep time, still looking at Euclid Williams, um, there has to be something more there and it goes back to the ringo thing just because ringo existed and played the drums didn't like the beatles in the 60s used to joke that ringo wasn't the best drummer in the beatles yeah like,
2: he actually didn't even end up playing drums on a lot all of, of their, their stuff yeah, yeah 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 like
0: there has to be more we can't just say that michael so, anthony played in a famous band and that makes him a a, a recognizably decent bassist cuz He's not so
2: Same I, thing so I think so. I think to your point about Chris Squire, and yes, I think you're right in obviously in that that he was able to play like incredibly complex bass parts that didn't detract from complex guitar parts, right? Um but you also admitted that like part of that is due to the just the nature of the genre, right? Uh, having be playing more progressive type music, like they had more more song to work with um and i don't even mean just lengthwise i you know i also mean just as far as layering goes right they can have bigger compositions um but i think what underpins all of this right um is just the bassist's ability to play what the music requires right and so if you're playing a more complicated style of music right like yes does um that then in turn requires a more complicated you know perspective or or complicated playing you know on the on the bassist part whereas if you were playing uh you know arena rock or playing just you know like punk punk music whatever um the song doesn't require a complicated bass part and in in those cases a good you know you know a good bassist um would know when when to play the you know the complicated part and when to hang back and play roots and fifths, um, and I think that into that like inner intelligence of you know what to play and how you know and, and figuring out what best serves the outcome of the music is what makes a good bass player. And because that's such a hard thing to quantify, you know, we end up kind of in this you know, Oh, but what about this guy? What about that guy? I, but I think the underlying thing is that they, that all great bass players, whether they are, you know, incredibly, you know, virtuosic players or just really simple, you know, roots and fifth notes kind of guys. Um, the underlying thing is that they're all playing to the song and not to their ego. So the
1: one thing well, I-
0: and, I, and I also understand that point, but that's, only applicable in my mind if you show that you can do the other thing because if you are constantly quote unquote playing to the song and it's just roots and fits and you've never at any point during your musical tenure done anything impressive and I'm not even saying you got to be you know Victor Wooten or Jaco Pastorius, even if you've done mm. anything um I don't want to like disrespect anybody by, by making them sound like they're less as good in any kind of way but pick Pick a bassist who's good, not great. I'm not going to name names. Sure. Um, you have to show the capability of reaching that point. There's no sick killer Cliff Williams bass lines. But Flea has toned down sections where the other things are happening and then rares that shit into sixth gear. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You have, if you're going to say he plays the song, there has to be points where he's playing for him or her. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and that's one, th- and that is one thing that makes the Chili Peppers the Chili Peppers. But, uh, and I- I'm kind of coming back on where I was a little bit to come on a little bit with you. You're our swing but butter, I think, Kyler. But, <laughs> 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 but what? what <laughs> one thing we need do need to consider though is if when you listen to a song and you hear the bass line, and if you imagine could if this bass player was doing something more, would it add to the song or would it take away from the song? I think that you need to consider that if it's taking away from the song by them doing more, then you know that that bass player did this their part as a bass player. Um, and if you are not less satisfied with, with whatever they're playing, then I think you could say, well, I don't think he had the best ear. Uh, I think that he could have definitely been more involved here and he should have done, used any prowess that he did have to fill that space. Um, and in some instances, it's probably that they, they, they weren't capable of doing it. And in other cases, it's probably that, it, you know, that was just the stylistic choice that they wanted to go with. But, um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily label that as being a bad bass player. It's just you're a bassist. Um, you did your part.
0: So th- this is a conversation point that uh, I, I think about a lot of when I think about uh, pro sports. Right, because if you're watching watching Major League Baseball and you see a guy hitting 150, you go, that guy is bad at baseball. The reality is, that guy is like number 200 of baseball players in the whole world, but being number 200 isn't good enough. Yeah. Like, there's a guy in the Yankees, I'm a Yankees fan, uh, Tyler Wade, I hate Tyler Wade, he's a very bad baseball player at the Major League level. But that's what was frustrating by watching him. At the minor league level, he was really good. And you see that kind of thing happen all the time. You get this guy who will bat 300 of the minors, they come up to the majors, and he bats 180. And you go, what the fuck happened? But that's also the same thing I think that we're kind of getting at here with bass that I want to drive around is, you're never going to hear a real-world bad bassist on a record because they're never going to let that guy record music. You're never going to hear a guy come up onto... On, you're never going to turn on a record and hear, like...
3: <laughs>
0: right? Some guy just fucking it up because that guy's not good enough to make it to the show. But if we're talking yeah. about good and bad, it has to be in, in, in the scope of who's really good and who just doesn't... Who's batting 150, you know? If, if so, yeah.
1: I have a question. So, if, if Ringo Starr came up before... If Ringo Starr was supposedly this good, how bad was Pete Best?
0: No, so Pete Best was a good drummer. The reason Pete Best Pete Best he's is a actually bad Beatle. That's the thing. Pete Best was actually a better drummer than Ringo Starr. He got kicked out of the Beatles for not being a friendly enough dude to fit the appearance that the Beatles were trying to make. That was the whole mm. thing with Ringo is he's a bad drummer but he's a good Beatle.
3: Yeah. Mhm.
0: So like there was a, there was this stretch of of time like 63 64 where ringo was sick and couldn't tour with the band and they the beatles brought pete best back in to like finish out that leg of the tour like Mm -hmm. he was a good drummer and the beatles liked him
2: but you didn't have the personality to be a Beatle. like a lot came with that territory
3: (laughs) yeah
0: yeah I mean, and good on them for having the the foresight to to make that assessment because that they kicked him out of the band in like 62, 63 and they only got a lot bigger. But yeah. Uh well, actually, this brings up an interesting point. How do you guys feel about Paul McCartney
2: as as a bassist? He's he's one of the best, one of the best. Because of a lot of the things that we've we've already talked about is like um his ability to play for the song. Like I would, no one in their right mind would ever say that Paul McCartney has an ego on the bass. He's there's never any kind of like, you know, super flashy, you know, like nothing crazy. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but I he, think, he okay. always managed to play to the song, but there are very much so times when there are some challenging parts in, in, in the bass lines that he lays down. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do, I think his ability to play, everything helps his his ear in hearing what the bass should be doing
1: i also think that it's comes down to his being a songwriter before any other type of musician um he and, and that goes for pretty much all the beatles and that's how i view them is they're all songwriters first uh whatever their ability on each instrument varies but that's not what's making the the song that you're listening to it's just their prowess and being able to yeah. put together music that sounds good that people want to listen to that harmony that uh cohesion of all the parts is what makes the beatles the best so that's kind of where it's almost it's just a weird conversation for me if we're talking about like somebody being good at their instrument and in the beatles because yeah, they're all they're all good. They're not. I don't think any of them are, are the best in the world. I, I don't think Paul McCartney's like the best bass player out there, but he plays the right parts every time. I haven't really heard a bad bass line from um, from Paul McCartney, and I like almost every single one of his songs.
2: Mm-hmm. I see you know, what I, you're saying, though. That that's like more a fact, more attributed to the, his the fact that he has songwrit- songwriting ability less yeah. than he has bass playing ability. I see mm-hmm. what you're saying.
1: And he is a bassist. Don't get me wrong. He, he is a bassist first as far as like an instrument player, yeah. in my mind anyway. I mean, I don't know exactly what he picked up first, but uh, he, but he's always still just a songwriter first for me.
0: Well, actually, I, I, it's funny because I was about to say Paul McCartney is a piano player first. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that, that translates... I think that translates to his bass playing really well, because what makes Paul McCartney interesting in my mind is like he has the toned-down thing that you think would make Ringo good, but he also has a pretty good understanding of, all right, we're, gonna, we're, we're, in, the, we're in the key of C, but I'm going to play an A major chord here, and I'm going to attune the notes I'm playing in my bass line to that A major, even though it's not in the key of C, because it makes sense in this song, and that's something you mm. see from the Beatles all the time because they know how to make that sound even though it doesn't seem complicated the theory that it takes to go from c major to a major when you're in the key of c is kind of funky it, it, it takes a real attunement to what's happening um which is what i think makes paul mccartney a not flashy but very effective baseball
2: it's interesting I, you know what the fa- when you just brought up the piano i, I just You know, I wonder if that has a lot to do with, I mean, obviously we could talk about why Paul McCartney is great for an entire other episode. Um, But just, you know, when it comes to like reading piano music and just playing the piano, you have to be thinking about two things at once, right? You have to be thinking about what your right hand is doing, traditionally the melody, and then kind of what your left hand is doing, you know, all the supporting stuff, the the harmonies, things like that. Um, And so like on the guitar, you know, if you're playing lead guitar, you only have to focus on the right hand side of things, right? Like kind of what, you know, what's the lead doing? I don't, it doesn't matter what the other hand is
1: doing. Yeah, That's a complicated point. Yeah.
0: Because you, in terms of how you defined left hand versus right hand, in terms of which hand's doing what part of the music, yes. If you're a guitar player, you need to focus on your left hand and your right hand, because that's how you play the guitar. No, no, I,
2: you, that's, Okay, now uh, you're you're twisting my words around here, but I guess what I'm trying to say <laughs> is, is, Paul McCartney being a piano player, right? Um, has ingrained in him that, like, when he's playing bass notes, right, or, or what we traditionally think of as like the left hand on the piano, um, he simultaneously also has to be aware of what the right hand on the piano is also doing and how the left hand fits in with the right hand, and that's exactly what the the job of the bass guitar is. The job of the bass guitar is to be the left hand to the guitar's right hand, right? Or do you think uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just I, talking I, nonsense now?
3: <laughs>
0: no, 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 I don't think it's nonsense. I, th- I think it also, it, th- now we're getting into what kind of, what, what style of music do you play? Like when I play folk music, like I'm doing both parts by Travis picking my way through it with my thumb and then doing the, um, you know harmonies and 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 lead section with with my fingers but there i am driving my own line along with that um even though it's going to be super rudimentary because i'm limited in how mm-hmm. much my fingers can move at one time uh but there is that coordination there is that understanding of the fretboard but that's that's folk music that's what you do that's not rock that's not um yeah it's not uh, pop music, you know, that's not even a lot of funk music. But and then it gets down to how do you play your chords and we don't have our guitars in our hands, we have our basses in our hands. But if you're you're going from, you know, like A and you're gonna play it with like a boom, boom and then you're gonna move over to 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 a, a D and you're gonna play it. Well you're you're, you're focusing on that bass note at the root and then hitting your higher notes and then bass note and then your higher notes. Which is common in jazz and you see it in, in some funk and, and um r&b styles but it it, again we're getting into a genre conversation which is different um yeah (laughs) scott did you have anything on that because i had i had a hard pivot and i don't want a hard pivot if you have more things to say
1: i'm trying to get myself back to the original question and that's the the left and right hand Uh, i kind of do agree with matt that you do need to think about music as I think that having a piano background really helps you thinking about not only the theory about the music, but many different, um, parts and many different layers of the music are all coming out all over, like in front of you. Um, the guitar certainly doesn't have the range of the piano. The bass doesn't have the same range as piano. So when you have the piano, you literally have a whole song at your fingertips. Um, Plus, if you can sing and play piano at the same time, then you're even, you know, one step above. You're adding a whole another layer onto it, um, which was what Paul McCartney did. But, yeah, um, having something as distinctive when you're playing piano, you do have a bass line and a melody line. Um, guitar players do do it as well. Um, but, once again, you don't have the same tonal range that you do and the same scale that you do on the piano. So... Um, You are hitting root notes on guitar, but you're not necessarily hitting the bass notes on the guitar. Um, And not just hearing what you're intending and the keys that you're playing in and the roots that you're intending to hit, but also hearing that whole um, tonal spectrum, I think, is important to being able to grasp the entire picture of what a song is trying to portray. And you have that all laid out in front of you when you're sitting at a piano. Um, and some of the best songwriters that we, we know of have all been piano players first uh, or had some understanding of the piano. And I think that that's definitely an advantage and definitely something that Paul McCartney definitely had going for him, especially with knowing how to play bass or filling in the bass when it needs to be heard in a certain way.
2: So are we saying that the best bass players are piano players?
1: Uh, I'm saying (laughs) for this song. I think Skyler is is being paid for by Big
0: Piano right now, trying to tell all of (laughs) us to go out and buy pianos, and we'll all be pop.
1: Yeah, yeah, you you got it. Yamaha is paying me to put out the new model of a Baby Grand. So
2: you heard it here first, folks. If you want to be the next Beatles, go buy a piano right now.
0: That's all it takes. That's all it takes. That's all it did take. All right. All right. I still have my my, my hard pivot um, question, but before I do that, I don't want to step on Matt's toes either. This is all I got nothing.
2: I got nothing. Go ahead.
0: Okay. Again, hard cut, but we are holding our guitars, our, our basses in our hands. Um, and so I want to ask who is holding a pick?
2: I am.
1: I'm not.
0: All right. So I'm not right now, but I keep picking it up and putting it down, unsure what to do. So when. When you Skylar, when you first started playing bass, mm-hmm. did you try to jump in to the finger picking end of the pool, or did you did you stay safe at and and dry at home plate with your pick?
1: I I went right into it, and I wanted to learn how to play um, finger picking. I did play with the pick when I needed to. Uh, like I said, I I started off playing bass because we needed a bass player at a band so i couldn't make it through a whole set playing with my fingers and there's definitely parts i wanted to play that i couldn't hit with my fingers yet but i made sure i practiced every part that i had to make sure i could get it both ways
0: and for, for real, real quick sky i said something in there that if you if you've never played bass before with your fingers that is is a very common thing finger fatigue it is really tough trying to move trying to walk a baseline at a level of speed for a long time. I still have it. Yeah, man. It's fucking challenging. That is the hardest part. Genuinely, I I mean it. That is the hardest part by playing Dean Town. I don't find anything else to be too troubling with it outside of keeping your fingers fucking moving. That's a goddamn challenge. Um Matt, are you why why are you picking with your fingers with your with your pick instead of your fingers?
2: Uh the short answer is I'm lazy. <laughs> um you know being a guitar player uh I'm obviously way more at home with a pick in my hand and I there are there are things that I want to play on the bass that I can't play with my fingers that I can play with a pick and while I know the the right thing to do would be to simply practice with my fingers I'm lazy, um, but like so, I part of part of why I uh, haven't spent as much time, you know, practicing with my fingers uh, is just down to the model of bass that I'm playing on. So I'm unlike you guys; I am playing a short scale bass. I'm playing a Mustang right now, um, which up until recently had uh, pretty light strings on it, and my right hand when i was like you know finger picking like it just didn't it didn't have the the tension i wanted and it just like it made it even harder in my head to like to to get the sound that i wanted and like to make it just make the bass go um and i found that i could sort of get the sound that i wanted with a pick um still wasn't quite there um but i recently put heavier strings on my bass i recently put like super heavy gauge uh flat wounds on it and like, I've finally got it to where like, I, I've i got the tension in the strings that I want. And and I've been playing around a little bit more with finger picking. And so like, I, I don't know, like. I, I don't know. Um, it's, it definitely doesn't feel like I'm playing the bass when I play with a pick. I feel like I'm like just playing a big guitar. Um, it's really just down to me being lazy and not wanting to put the effort into practice. <laughs> I see that. You, I mean, you said that you are not currently holding a pick. Correct, Josh. I,
0: I'm, I'm oscillating between the two because I am an indecisive man. Um, all right. I, I would like to take a, a a quick aside here and play a game with you guys. Since we are not on video, we cannot see each other. And that game is uh, finger pick or pick pick. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play some notes, and I want to see if we can identify which one is happening. I think for you guys, this will probably be pretty easy, but if there's anybody out there who doesn't know what the two differences between these sounds are sonically, it might be an interesting uh, demonstration. So, all right. Pick or, or, or with the fingers. All right. right in here. Here we go. How was it? What do we got? Uh, I'm going to say pick. Ooh, we have a disagreement. Matt, what'd you say? I said
3: pick. Skylar? I'm saying Fingers. Sky-, Sky is right. It was fingers. Ooh. All
0: right. All right. All right. Let, 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 let's do another one here. Ready?
3: Oh, that's gotta be a pick.
2: That's gotta be a pick. it has gotta be a pick. That's that's a pick. pick. Thoughts, yeah. gentlemen. It's gotta be a pick. That's popping way too it's much. Gotta be, a to be pick. Your Fingers.
0: Fingers again. Really. Oh. Really. All right. So I, I granted. Well, the, hold on. I, hold on. I
2: don't even know what. Well, what kind of. What are, what. are you playing right now? What bass are you playing? Are you playing? Uh,
0: uh. I am playing a a a bargain brand bass. I got my girlfriend while she was trying to get into bass, which she, she's been. She has been playing. I don't want to make it sound she's not playing it. Um. If anyone knows the company Washburn that makes guitars, this is their sub-brand called Lion, and I'm playing it through a, a heartkey amp um, that I also got cheap on the internet.
2: Hmm. It, sounds so, real, it sounds real punchy.
0: So, granted, I am trying very hard to, like, pop these strings as hard as I can to, make, to add a level, level of deception. So, a, a more apt depiction. This, this is Fingers. <laughs> And I'd say this is more how, so how I usually play. All right. And then with, with the pick. All right. Do we, do we notice? I, so I, once again, if you heard our guitars episode, I cannot hear myself playing. Um, so how, how do we notice a difference or is the compression on my on my mixer kind of ruining this?
2: I mean it cuts through, you can hear the difference. I can hear the difference. I'm not yeah. sure if the listeners can hear the difference. I can hear the difference. Um like f- for me, I mean ob- so there's definitely styles of bass playing that lends itself better to playing with a pick, right? Um punk, right? Yeah, if you're playing anything like hard fast and driving, like a lot of those guys are playing with a pick. A lot of like metal bassists, they're playing with a pick. A lot of punk bassists, they're playing with a pick. Um but uh There's actually even some uh, for for anyone out there who who is a a real bass bass nerd, um, check out the guy uh, Bobby Vega. He is a decently well known funk bassist um, who plays with a pick, um, which is very much so like taboo in the world of funk bass. um, But he's got great tone, and like playing with a pick lends itself to consistent, you know, like consistency so like it it, it's got a very unique sound
1: i have no problem with playing like people playing with picks i think that i agree that picking does have a very unique sound um in funk music too as well as punk music um if you if you listen to blink 182 and you aren't hearing a pick bass there's something wrong or you're listening to any other type of punk bass like it's Mm -hmm. just you need that driving punch and that driving uh like harshness to that bass sound, that uh, trashiness that makes it work for the song. But if you heard somebody just picking away with their fingers, I, I'm not unless you're very aggressive. Which, well, flea does a really good job at bringing that aggressive nature over to playing with your fingers. Um, but I, I think that there's definitely a, a time and place for a pick in music.
0: Yeah, I, it it, it kind of depends. So it depends on, on what you're getting at in addition to to the rhythm aspect of it in my mind, because if we're so let's talk about funk a little bit. In my mind, there's two main sound concepts that you would likely be going for. Uh that's not two is a little bit light, but we'll keep it at that for now. Um a harsh attack, uh to try to add a level of like pop and and, and sting to what you're doing or a smoothness to kind of just guide your way through it, you know? Um, like, you can play... I'm just, I'm just going to keep playing the Sissy strut because it's, it's, it's easy and I'm here. Like, you can play it like... And just kind of be the little underpinging, And, you know, let a horn or something else be on top of it. Or you can be like... And like either one of those is fine. It just depends on what you're doing. And the idea of pop, I think, like, like literally like like a popping sound, I think you see it more um, with finger pickers doing either like a snap or, or a literal um, slap, but neither of which I'm going to pretend like I'm good at. But a pick can be an effective shortcut to getting that kind of a sound, uh, giving you that harsher just attack off the on the string you know what i mean
1: yeah i i, def, I think that they're all i would even separate them as being three different things i don't think there's a substitute for any of them um it's just those are all different sounds and different styles ways of playing the bass which i there's one other reason why the bass is such a cool instrument to get into because the timbre of how you want to play with your your right hand um really defines what you're doing with the left um, and and drives what you want to do with the left where obviously when you can, you can do a lot of different finger picking stuff on guitar folk style finger picking and also different types of uh, speeds of picking with your right hand when you're, when you're playing guitar, but it's, it's not as expressive as you get out of playing the bass. So yes, you have less strings. um, You even have usually a shorter uh, scale length, but on the base, you're able to make things come out to be have its own character based off of the way you want to pick it, um, and, and that's one of the things that makes it so special and so, uh, you know, yep. distinct.
0: We haven't heard from Matt in a while. Is he still there?
2: heard it. Yeah i'm still here i'm still here i um just trying to gather my thoughts um i definitely agree with skylar in that like there's there's a time and a place for each of them you know finger picking picking with a pick and and like slapping right um but i think i think a good bassist should be able to do all of them right and then choose from that that set of tools like what best serves what the song needs right I think where where some people get themselves into trouble, and like myself included, is um, settling into kind of one, like you know, playing with a pick because it's easier, and then not devoting the time to learn the other skills, Um, and not becoming like a a well-rounded, you know, musician. Um, And I think that's part of why I still consider myself very much so. a guitarist who owns a bass and sometimes plays bass rather than a bassist um, is that, you know, I'm very much using the pick as a crutch, less so as a stylistic choice.
0: You know, you know how I know I'm more of a, I'm, I'm not even more 100% a guitarist who, who, who owns a bass is it's not the pick because that's a discussion. It's that every now and then I'm tooling around on the bass. And I'll try to bend a string and I'll be like, no, oh, God damn it. This isn't going well at all. Mm-hmm. And we shouldn't do that.
2: Yeah, the idea, I think naively, all of us, I'm sure at, at one point or another thought like, oh, the guitar, the bass is only there to double what the guitar does. And that's it. Um, and there comes a time, you know, when you're playing the bass in that way that you go to play a guitar part on the bass and it doesn't sound right it doesn't sound good and like you know it very much is obviously that's not how not what you should be playing um and that's kind of the moment like when i realized like oh okay like it's a different instrument it's a different instrument altogether that you have to have a different mindset and approach differently
0: so i know you guys have been recording some stuff and i I like to have fun and some little rips and shit on my own every now and then. How, how do your bass lines come about? Are they, all right, let's see what I wrote on the guitar. All right, we're in this key. These are my chord changes. Let's find something in there we can work with. Uh, or does it manifest itself before the guitar? Do you have the idea coincidentally? Where, where does... Um, where does the bass factor in, in the, the songwriting process?
2: So, thus far, um, the case has usually been that the guitar riff comes first. Oh yeah. And then the bass part comes, you know, it is is developed after that. It's kind of, you know, after wh- whoever, whichever one of us writes the the guitar part, will play it for the other one and, you know, they'll grab the bass and kind of like just start noodling around trying to figure out, well, what sounds good underneath of it. Um. I will say, though, that recently I have been playing more bass and less guitar. And so, like, I've been exploring, you know, the writing process from the other end of of like, well, what if we start with the bass and kind of build up from there? Um, but I think I, I think just because we're both guitar players, our ears hear the guitar part first and then kind of use that to help us determine what the bass should be doing. I don't know, Scott. The, yeah. the, you agree, or
1: yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you saw our our text message chains. Like, we always just send each other just little sound bites of guitar riffs. Uh, every once in a while, you, we put a bass riff in there, but like everything's just a guitar riff um, for the most part. And uh, what's been interesting for me, as we've both been playing music, is for a really long time I've been I'm a guitar player first, but I've been playing music and writing music as a bassist. Uh, so I've now been able to kind of like get back into my own element by going back to guitar and it's been a lot more refreshing having that that mindset again and uh yeah i mean for for sure like we we both come up with guitar parts and we look at each other and we say hey this is a guitar part i i I wrote and then pretty much just like okay i'm gonna pick up a bass and let's let's see what comes of it and that's how we, we make write the bass line
2: I think uh, it's really interesting that you said like it's it's been refreshing for you to kind of move back towards the guitar because for me I feel the same way about moving towards the bass. Mm-hmm. I've 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 way more experience like playing the guitar, uh, in like a band setting, um, mm-hmm. and like in the context of like thinking about what the guitar should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but for you know a lot of the riffs that you've written and that have kind of you've come to me with like hey like what do you think the bass should be doing um it's forced me to think about music in a from a different perspective and forced me to think about like well well what would sound good underneath this how what should the bass be doing um and trying to get out of that you know mindset of oh we'll just double what the guitar does um and trying to actually make the bass part interesting without taking away from you know the main melodies or the you know the main lead lines
1: Mm -hmm. um And in the the instance of us writing, like there's been like the the most recent song that we've been recording, you wrote the, you wrote the guitar part, mm -hmm. and we would just jam and we'd go back and forth playing the guitar part, and then you started writing, the bass part too. So like now you're like on the other flip of the coin of, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: you know, I I wrote that one part. Like now what do I hear on the bass? And you're able to kind of see what fits in. It's not like what can I what can I say? It's what should be said. You know and yeah and you don't want to detract from that that riff and it's just it's just and it's definitely a a completely different mindset to to look at something like by looking at your own riff and thinking about what do you want to be accentuated here and what does this song need
0: Mm -hmm. so so that that's something that i want to talk a little bit more about if i may um because i most frequently we'll do find a guitar part first because I have a hard time working backwards from guitar to from bass to guitar and I'll go to lay down a bass line and you know I I'm not a bass player as we have discussed (laughs) Um, so I keep it pretty simple but even then like I'll find myself doing a little bit too much on the bass and say I'll listen back to it and be like these are two these two parts are in competition with each other this does not sound good and have to go in and figure out either where I can take out notes or where I can be busy in the part in a different sense to take a little bit step of a step back from stepping on the toes of the guitar part or, you know, whatever else is happening, whether it's a piano part, whatever. Um, and I was wondering if you guys have had that experience where you like just been grooving on a baseline listen back to it and been like oh no 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 no, these are this is not going well
1: a hundred percent yeah um the last thing that the last song that me mark and aaron were recording with paper mills we wound up we put down a rough track for it just like on my laptop and we just put together a couple parts and we're trying to layer some stuff and I was adding it a bass line, and I just recently listened to it after not hearing it in probably like three years. And <laughs> I heard it, I was just like, what am I doing? <laughs> this doesn't fit at all. And it was a bass line at the time I was really proud of that I, that I wrote. And then I listened back to him like, there is so much going on here that this bass should be toned down. Um, but that comes back to like, that's what we talked about before like that's the responsibility of the bass player to to hear that and say okay this is this is what the song needs this is what the bass should be doing
2: there's such a fine line between boring and too much and it's a bassist's job to figure out how to toe that line right because mm-hmm. um, i mean i think a, a lot of kind of like what we we're talking about earlier in the conversation about you know uh uh, who's the bassist from ACDC, Josh? Cliff,
3: Cliff Williams. Williams.
2: Um, a, a lot of the complaints, right, is is that it's a lot of his parts are boring. Um, but you could also maybe, you know, on the flip side of that, the 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 extreme other side of that would be a part that drowns out the rest of the song, and all you hear is the bass part, right?
0: Um, now let's let's not go down this rabbit hole again. Cliff Williams was not doing more out of kindness or or fitting the song, Cliff Williams was not doing more because he was incapable of doing more.
3: Was sure, you know, sure. No, I don't know.
2: So, so I would, but the point I'm getting at, though, is I think it's... We've kind of hinted at it this whole conversation, and definitely now that we're talking about like our experiences, you know, like writing bass parts, Um, I've developed a huge appreciation for how bass parts are written and put together because of how delicate that balance is. Um like it's super easy to overplay on the bass, you know? It's like Oh my ki- god, so easy. It's kind of hard to overplay on the guitar in in some setting because I mean there's just so much room a lot of the time. Um that unless you're Ingwe Malmsteen, right? And just going fucking crazy or like Paul Gilbert or somebody. That
3: Dude, comes out
0: got- comes up on this podcast every episode.
2: He does. He does. He does. <laughs> Um and the sad part is neither of us like him that much. No, he usually comes up as like a, a yeah, a bad example. Be a meeting, but, yeah. but like, but so but so you know, it's it's much more difficult to overplay in the sense of 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 a, of a guitar part. Whereas it's very simple, it's very easy for a bass player to overplay and take away from the song without adding to it. Um at the same time, it's also very easy for a bass player to get away with you know playing like a bare bones just roots and fits kind of thing. And be good enough but not really be as good as it could be and so to you know to really find the best bass part for a song um it's a very delicate balance that you as a musician have to try to find and it's something that i don't think you know other musicians you know not every other instrument right has to think about that in to such a degree as as bass players do
0: So when, when when you guys have been recording, I don't know what would you call the overall genre of the 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 work that, that's being put down over there at Brastovic Home Studio. Uh,
2: alternative rock, yeah,
1: alternative rock, <laughs> pretty much it. <laughs> super, which is so broad, super
2: vague, and broad, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It's I, indie rock. It's in, it's indie. It's indie music. That's what it is. It's, it's just
0: indie. Yeah. Um, all right, so your, your bass lines, have they fit that mold or have you found yourself to be a different genre musician? So one, one of the things I find is like, who I am on the guitar is a very different person from who I am on the piano, different person from who I am on the bass. And sometimes that works out really well and has an interesting meshing effect to it when I record it all and find something that works tonally. Um, but sometimes I listen to these parts and I go, did this to me? Why are all <laughs> of these sounds here? I don't need most of them. Um, and have you found that you can translate the, uh, across genres, across instruments with that same mentality, or do your fingers do something different to you when you're, mm-hmm actually trying to lay down that base part
2: so for me um i i definitely feel like i err on the side of simple i think partially because of you know there's some hesitation to like of just being c- conscious of my skill or lack thereof on the base and so i i find that i it's easy for me to fall in the trap of just playing root notes, um, and oversimplifying things. Um, but I don't know. I found that I'm I'm developing an ear as a bass player. Like, and I'm obviously not, you know, the best bassist. I think I could be, um, but but it's oh, been is a there pretty
3: room for
0: improvement.
2: I. <laughs> <laughs> I think there is, re- believe it or not, I do think that even I can improve. Um, but I don't it's been it's been a rewarding experience um, kind of training that part of my ear and kind of like figuring out how to do what I want, you know, the bass to do. Um, a lot of times I'll, I'll like almost hear a part in my head not quite know how to get it out, you know, on on the fretboard. Um I'm getting better at it, but it's it's definitely a skill that I'm working on.
0: I have a habit of sitting there trying to to nail out something on the bass, thinking to myself, Man, gun to my head. Um I I if someone said play the bass well or you'll die, I would die. Um Sometimes I'm playing the bass, and I'm like, I should just stop. Um, and then I realize that no one else can really hear me except for people who live below me, and, you know, it works out. Uh, <laughs> Sky, do you, do you find yourself to... Do you think who you are on the bass um, is musically representative of who you are on the guitar, or do you think that there's any disparity? Um...
1: I, I, I was actually thinking about this while you guys were talking, and I, I, I don't know how much of a difference there really is. I think over the years, my playing style has definitely matured in, on both aspects. Um, and when I was, I was a young player on guitar, I wanted to be, I wanted to be Eddie Van Halen and Ningve Malmsteen. I wanted to be able to shred it and just show everybody off like what I could do. Mm. Um, and I, I went through a similar phase when I started playing bass as well. It's like is this the you thought you were gonna be the next flea. Well yeah. Well I was really into flea. I, it wasn't as like yeah. <laughs> Not like when I was when I was playing guitar. Don't lie. I, I, I didn't want to be I ball wanted ball. okay fine, I wanted to be flea. I wanted to be <laughs> flea. But
0: <laughs> We saw but, you chop off all your hair and dye it a weird color and pull out some get teeth. the
1: rat tail. Yeah, yeah. Um but no it's just it It's almost that initial excitement when you get a new instrument. It's like, oh, man, what could I do with this instrument? Like, what am I capable of? Like, what's something that I hear that sounds difficult? And could I do that? And it's not really until you, like, overcome that step of figuring out, oh, yeah, I can do that. Or like, oh, yeah, I could make myself sound like that. Do you really start thinking, should I sound like that? Um, you know, like is that what my song needs? Do I need to slap the bass on the song? And, and and I love flea flea in his own right. Um, he really defined his sound and made himself so distinct as a bass player that it's unmistakable who you're listening to. And, and that's what he did. But in most cases, the answer to that question is no. You, you don't need to sound like that. And, and that's most of the time not what makes a good bass player be a good bass player. Um. And actually, I find in more rare cases, these fine bass players who are able to make that style of playing work, because there's a lot of them out there, as there are a lot of great guitar players out there and great, great drummers out there. But it's, um, but but all the best ones have that know-how of, of, of that taste of when do I need to go off and when can I just sit back. And I, think how, I, got, I think I got a little derailed from the initial question, but <laughs> that's, hey, what I'm, hey, that's how that's how I'm going to leave it off for the, that. The, the
0: questions <laughs> are just a springboard for you to do however much talking you need to get through. Yeah. Like, don't,
3: don't hold yourself <laughs> to anything.
2: Questions don't really mean anything on this show. Um, I do have a, a kind of closing thoughts question, unless anyone else wants to continue the stream of consciousness that was skyler's last comment
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um just you know thinking about we, we've talked a lot about you know how our guitar playing has influenced our bass playing and, and things like that but what about going the other way has playing the bass affected your guitar playing in any way and if so how
1: yes uh <laughs> just, yes yes moving um, on no, for me, it's it comes back to like what I just said before. I started off as a guitar player and then went into bass, and then I kind of heard music completely different. Um, like I, I tried playing guitar in its isolation. I played drums and in, in its isolation. But then when you play the bass, there's a lot of potential of leading what the band does just by playing the bass. Like you're dictating what sound you want to hear from the drums and what sound you want to hear from the guitar at the same time. You. are can control the dynamics of the band. You can control the the tempo of the band. You can control everything within the band by playing the bass. And, and that's a, a really cool thing to feel and experience and being able to decide what the, you need to be hearing and to compose the song. But uh, when I translate that more now into my guitar playing, I it makes me double check when I need to play something a little bit more flashy and when I should subdue myself and play something that really just sounds cool and will fill in the space that needs to be filled. Um, And I guess that's probably the best way I could put it is, is it got me to think of the, what everybody else is playing and hearing and being a little more conscious of what everybody else is playing to be able to determine what does this need um, in order for this icing to not be too sweet.
2: I like that analogy. What about you, Josh?
0: Uh, no, no, it doesn't, because I am not a bass player. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am a guitar
3: player. Um, all right, that's fair. So it,
0: it, it is funny, though. One of the things I've been noticing, so I've, I've been trying to you know, focus more on my rhythm playing than my guitar playing anyway, and I'm now having an, a small existential crisis every now and then where I'll be playing on the lower three strings on my guitar. And I'll be thinking to myself, fuck, is this a bass part? Like would with, with mm-hmm. this would this have been better on the bass? Am I I'm spending too much time on strings E, A, G, D, and G. Maybe this isn't a guitar part and I'm wrong. Um and it's led to me questioning which instrument is the right instrument for the part that I'm playing, but I wouldn't say that it's my attempts at playing the bass hasn't made my guitar playing any more than previously existed. It's only questioned made me question how I'm allocating my notes between the two instruments. Because um, every now and then, I'll find myself spending a whole lot of time on strings E, A, D, and G, because I'm trying to avoid spending too much time on strings B and E, and it's all of a sudden like, well, shit, if I'm going to be playing this many notes and I'm playing it this, like, slowly, uh, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... I am gonna, I, might as well see how this sounds on the big guitar instead of on the littler guitar. Um, so... I've, I, it's given me new, 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 uh, things to be, um, upset about and anxious about and worry about, but it hasn't made me a better bass or guitar player. No.
2: That's interesting. I, I feel like I have aspects of both of your answers. I feel like I've, I've, by playing the bass, it's made me more comfortable with playing simpler things on the guitar. Um, like, I I feel less of a need to, like, overcomplicate guitar parts because I've kind of, like, trained myself to, like, find satisfaction in simpler things, I guess. Um, but at the same time, I totally, Josh, have the same thing that you were just talking about of sometimes I'll be playing, uh, you know, a guitar part and go, well, did I actually write a guitar part or did I write a bass part? I'm just holding the wrong thing, or even vice versa. I'll be playing something on the bass that might get a little too flashy for the bass, and I'll go. Is this actually a guitar part, or is this a bass part? I think, you know, I think, uh, I think it's that un- uncertainty of you know, you know, what part, what instrument does this part belong on, um, is just part of like my growth as a like as a musician and that like you know eventually I'll get to a place where like I have you know a better intuition of you know what should be played where but I'm I'm still kind of developing that out um but I I think that playing the bass has helped me at least in some respect playing the guitar and if nothing else just having the appreciation for what the bass is supposed to be doing underneath what I'm playing on the guitar mm
3: mm-hmm.
0: I'm with you. All right. Shall we, uh, shall we rein it in for the
2: night? Um, yeah. I mean, does anyone else have any closing thoughts? Any, any ideas, any, any, any other words of wisdom for, for, for our many fans?
3: Um, ah, nah, nah. Learn,
0: learn, (laughs) learn learn what the notes are and then to be better at the music. And, uh,
1: Yeah, I don't know. Kyler, anything? I don't know. Just play music. That's it.
0: Yeah, make, make some sounds. They'll be bad. And then eventually, they won't be as bad
1: anymore. And that is playing music. And eventually, you might play something that you might think, hey, that's pretty good. And then a couple of years later, you realize, hey, that wasn't that good. I I think at some point, all of my
0: stress and worry over whether or not I'm playing the right notes is going to boil down to me eventually deciding what the perfect note is and only playing. I'm going to reach a singularity of notes, and I'm only going to play A flat. I I
1: (laughs) I don't want to jam with Josh anymore. He only plays A flat, but he plays it so good.
0: I found the perfect note, man. It's right there.
1: <laughs> well, all right. This is this
2: is devolving quickly. So um, <laughs> if you want to follow us on Twitter, you could find us uh, you could follow us at YCBS Pod. That's at YCBS Pod. Uh, you could also email us at YCBS pod at gmail.com. Uh, let us know about uh, anything you want to let us know about we'll be happy to receive your emails um, until next week uh, this is this has been uh, Matt Torrey uh, signing off and if, if if Earthquake Blights is
0: listening to this come on the show we'll give you shit about stuff uh, and anyway we'll see you, <laughs> see you guys next week thanks Callender, for joining in uh, Hi, thanks for having me guys <laughs>
3: yeah. Uh, that's it. Ooh.